Eamon Mooney, welcome to the show. How are you getting on, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Shane. I know Assel at all. I found this a funny one because obviously we were in college together for about four years and I'd say we had about two conversations in total. I would say that's about it, yeah. It's good, it's good to know we've touched base in the future now and we're, we're good to go. Uh, yeah. So look, man, how's everything going? How I suppose for those who wouldn't know you, uh, what do you do? And I suppose tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I have a web design business. Um, so I've been working for myself for the last kind of two years, coming up in two, two, two years actually. Um, so I kind of do web design, uh, build websites and, and media. So I do social media, you know, um, video, yeah. photo and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's going good. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing day to day um, at the moment. Anyway. That's perfect. It's like the two different paths. You have the sellout route, nine to five, like myself. And then you have <laughs> the, uh, the energized starter who decided to do everything for himself. Yeah, like well, it. actually, it's yeah. I mean, you you can look at it like that, but the way it actually happened was I was on a temporary contract for like, after I came out of college, and that um that actually got extended for a couple uh, twice, I think. So I was there for nine months, and then the the funding dried up, and I was kind of like, oh, I was at a loose end. So um, I kind of always be interested in kind of websites and you know that kind of techie end of stuff, and I was like, yeah, so might as well have a go and try, try and start my own business. So uh, I think am. it's. It's, it's, a, it's a seriously brave move though i mean i always respect it i remember when i came across my table and i was saying jesus christ like i like i remember sitting in those lectures in college and like just absolutely doing my head and going i can't do this i can't build websites this is awful and then i saw yeah. some of your stuff and i was like how did we get the same education i was like this is some i feel like i've gotten the short end of the stick here well, yeah, it's funny you say that because I think the majority of people in our year and anyone that does kind of BIS, they seem to hate the, the programming side of it because obviously it's 50-50 for people that don't know it's business and computers, pretty much split 50-50. But um, yeah, a lot of people seem to hate the programming side of it and then I really enjoyed it. So I guess it was like the perfect marriage to kind of go and do what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. But, but if I'm being honest, I mean, a lot of the stuff we learned was very broad and basic. So we would have had a good idea of a lot of things, whereas I've really had to kind of niche down into the whole web development and design. So I'm doing a lot of self-learning with that. And, you know, it's kind of just what you have to do is niche down because, if you know, you have to improve your knowledge every day or it's just not going to work. So Yeah, yeah, I get that. No, it's very good. Uh, I suppose one of the reasons I want to have you on, other than the fact of uh, give you a chance to brag about your coding ability far beyond <laughs> myself, um, you're also really into the esports, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. And uh, look, to be honest, I've only been looking into this in the past few weeks, but I feel like I really missed the boat. So, like, for me, gaming was as simple as like playing Super Mario on your Nintendo 64, as far as playing Modern Warfare 2 on your PS3, and you know, a, a bit of PS4 in and out. But I mean, like, the idea of professional gaming and it becoming an actual sport, I was like, Jesus Christ, I actually couldn't believe it had gone to such a massive scale where there's millions in cash prizes and all this stuff. And I'm saying, where the fuck is this coming out of? So how long have you actually been kind of into it and following it? Yeah, so I, I mean, I suppose like yourself, and I'd say like a lot of people our age, and they're kind of, you know, I suppose we're mid-twenties now, I guess. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It started with the whole kind of Super Mario and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think everyone our age who's, who's male probably has played, you know, Call of Duty at some stage. Um, but I suppose about 10, yeah, I mean, 10, 11 years ago, um, I kind of came across people on YouTube and um, they were putting up videos of themselves playing um, these games, you know, Call of Duty, but they were playing and talking to another three people and they're playing against another four people. So it was four versus four. 
and it kind of intrigued me and it was like oh god what's going on here like what's this because obviously I would have played in the in the what we would call public matches that everyone you know you just yeah you load into a lobby and start playing online and you know competing against people but this was a lot more organized and I realized then that there was actually you know these people were were kind of they were teaming as such um and they were kind of playing against each other just just sparked the whole kind of I suppose interest in me because I would be kind of competitive in nature um having played sport all the way up and just kind of just you know married the two things together perfectly gaming and, and com- kind of competitiveness so um yeah. yeah I suppose it's been about nine years if not more I'd say about 10 years yeah yeah and like I, I suppose I, I'd always be kind of a rugby guy and a sports guy. Uh, now, in terms of say like the gaming, like do you have like say teams you support and stuff like that? Is there leagues? Like how does it actually work in terms of the professional side? Yeah, so I mean, where I kind of I suppose where most of my interest is is Call of Duty, because um, that's kind of where where it all came for, from, yeah. um, for me. But the, the the makeup of it is kind of I suppose if you can think of. Someone like let's say a football club like Manchester United, right? So they obviously yeah. have a football team. Um, but if you think of Manchester United also having a tennis, um, a tennis athlete, and also having um, a rugby team, and also having um, any other sports you can think of, like an F1 team or something. Um, so it kind of works in the sense that one organization um, would have many teams in many different games. So. You know, at the moment, I think Fortnite is a huge, huge game, and um, it's becoming massive in esports as well. Um, so that's um, you know, an organization may have a team in Call of Duty. They might have uh, a team or a few players that play Fortnite. Um, Counter Strike is another one that people might know from PC gaming. Yeah, um, they'd have teams in that as well. So these organizations would tend to have teams in kind of every game, really, um, all competing for absolutely massive prizes. Yeah, like it's absolutely mental. Like I, like I saw some of the cash prizes for stuff like League of Legends and Overwatch, and I just couldn't believe it. And then, like, even when you look into the owners, like Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, like these really big basketball players are suddenly massive key players in like what I would have always considered non-sport, but like which has just turned into this big, I suppose, massive league of everything. I, I just, I find it baffling. I could be yeah, honest, it's it, crazy. It is crazy, and I suppose what you're talking about there is the kind of the outside investors coming in. Yeah, um, but that that's a very recent thing. Like that's within the last two years. Um, like I know recently Drake, the rapper Drake, has invested in a team called the Hundred Thieves. Yeah. Um, and uh, this team is owned. Um, actually, he's invested, but he's co-investing with someone. I think he owns um, some basketball team, and I'm not 100 percent sure, so I'm not going to say it. But it's you'll find it if you if you Google um 100 Thieves um ownership, um and it's you know someone like Drake coming in is huge. Um. But this, that's a relatively new thing. The guy who actually founded the 100 Thieves organization as such, um, he was with another organization before that who had started 10 or 11 years ago. Um, and it all literally came from these guys, these group of guys, four or five guys, uploading videos on YouTube, um, you know, talking yeah. over their gameplay, um, kind of, I suppose, bringing the scene from what it was back then which was there was no money behind it, you know. There was barely any sponsorship prices or anything like that to, you know, absolutely huge, like millions and millions being invested in this sort of thing, which is just, it's kind of crazy to see it come from from day one as such um, to, to where it is now. Like, that, that the investors and stuff is only in the last kind of couple of years, which is just mental altogether. 
Yeah, no, it, it just seems to be getting such a broad base. And I know I know what you're saying, that say, you would have found it through YouTube and that would have been the kind of home for people to be uploading stuff now. But um, is Twitch kind of the new sort of platform where I suppose you can kind of nearly watch people live instead of them recording it and put it on YouTube? Is that kind yes. of what you're moving towards? Yeah, I mean, Twitch is huge as well in the last... I suppose well, Twitch started about, I think it was about six, six, maybe six years ago as something called Justin TV. Okay. Um, and it was, I think it was slightly different. It wasn't what it, had, what it is today. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I mean, Twitch is huge. So a lot of these competitions, uh, pretty much all of them these days are, are live streamed. So um, for example, any of the Call of Duty tournaments that I would watch, they might be on in the US or, um, you know, they, they would be all live streamed on, on kind of one Twitch channel. So, yeah. you, kind of, you know, you can literally watch it as a live event. So you don't need a subscription to, it's all free. You don't need to be like, you know, subscribe to Sky or have, you know, any of the channels that you might have to have to watch the soccer or the rugby. Um, so it's quite accessible in that sense. But okay. I suppose the competitive side of things versus um, the non-competitive side, then like a lot of people would stream, live stream things like Fortnite and they're just playing um, to, to people who just want to watch someone who's better at the gameplay. Um, so there's kind of almost two camps there. There's the competitive and non-competitive. And like, would you would you watch these yourself now as a kind of means to kind of level up yourself? I mean, like almost as a method of self-learning or literally is it the same as watching like Netflix or watching like a rugby match or a soccer match for yourself? Like, yeah. I mean, it just seems to be kind of like, I mean, from my point of view, I remember like I had one friend when I was younger and just obsessed with Xbox. But like the idea of sitting as his, in his house and watching him play a game for more than an hour would do my nut. I'd rather be out either playing myself or kind of doing something. So these days when you have people, like literally like hundreds of thousands of people sitting down to watch one guy play a game, like from your own point of view, what's the reason for that? So I suppose, yeah, I mean, this is the argument that is thrown out a lot of the time. It's kind of like, why would you sit and watch someone else play a game when you could go out and play it yourself? But I mean, why does anyone sit down and watch a soccer player um, or a soccer team play or a guy team or... Um, or we'll say a tennis athlete or any of these sort of people play, it's because they're better. Um, and the, it's obviously the entertainment value. So I suppose from a, you know, sitting down and watching one guy play, a lot of the time it's a personality thing. So they yeah. interact with the, the live stream, they interact with the people watching. Um, nice chat, so people can type in chat and he can kind yeah. of interact with them. Um, and then okay. from the competitive side of it, yeah, it would, be, it would be about kind of, I suppose, getting ideas for yourself on how you can get better if you do play and stuff like that. Right, right. And would there be like specific athletes you'd actually follow on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, like I know a lot of say, like me, I'd be personally really into UFC and a lot of UFC fighters have their own big followings on different games. And basically like they'd stream massive Twitch matches with other UFC fighters like weekly and just would get a huge like income from it in terms of sponsorships and everything else that they'd be plugging on these. Like, would you find like you specific people you look towards or is it just the case you'll kind of scroll and see what you find? There's definitely the personalities. Um, I mean, in each game, definitely it's huge. Um, yeah. So if if you if you like these days, if you mention Fortnite to anyone, the person they talk about is a ninja. This guy Ninja. I've actually um, heard of this guy, and I didn't realize it was a Fortnite thing. Yeah. Originally, he started out in Halo, I think. Um, okay. So yeah, a lot of people would have moved. They would have started off in other games and moved on to kind of um, to different games. But yeah, Ninja is kind of I suppose he he's kind of the name in, in Fortnite at the moment. Um, and he played, he's played a few games beforehand, but he got really, really big playing Fortnite. So you could you could go onto his live stream like as we're talking now, um, and I, I would imagine there'd be nearly seventy or eighty thousand people watching him. 
Absolutely um, mental. And, and is he part of an individual, like, is he part of his own individual setup or is he once again part of, say, like a league or a team? Like, how does that actually work? Like, is he an individual contractor or like, yeah, does he have so, to be part of something bigger? No, I mean, originally he was. He was with um, a team called, an organization called LG. So okay. that stands for uh, Luminosity Gaming. So they would, they would have, again, they would have teams in Call of Duty. Um, they would have teams in, um, you know, CSGO, loads of other different games. But yeah. he was originally a part of them, I suppose, uh, I think originally in Halo. But he would have moved then um, on to do his own thing. And I think he got so big that he kind of almost surpassed them on his own. So now they have some sort of agreement where he has a little logo, I think, on, on the bottom of his um, live stream just to say that he's part of it. But I actually think he's become bigger. So he's pretty much a solo entity now at the moment from what, yeah. from what I can gather, which is mad to think that one person could outgrow a whole organization. But that's just the, the sort of kind of level of, I suppose, fame and notoriety that he does have. Like. Okay. It's just kind of baffling, to be honest. Now, like, when I was doing my investigation into this, because, to be honest, it was something I've been kind of digging into the past few weeks trying to figure out, like, what's actually going on with it. Mm. I saw, like, some colleges are even doing scholarships for almost, yeah. like, e-gaming athletes. And, like, yeah. that, to me, is just even mental. Like, can you imagine the idea of us going into UCC now and saying, look, give us some money. We're going to sit down and play games, but we'll represent the college. Mm. And you'll get notoriety from it. I mean, if you said that to me 10 years ago, I'd say you're absolutely mental. And, like, the idea that that's a thing, I know it's only, I suppose, at the moment in the U.S., but, like, mm. that that's something going forward that colleges or schools would actually put money towards. It's, I don't know, I, I find that it seems to be an ever-changing world where the online landscape merely gives you unlimited possibilities compared to the limited systems we'd have in place in regular sports or just regular life in general. It just seems to be kind of blown up in all different directions that I have never seen coming. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of it is to do with, I suppose, where where the youth are spending their time as such. Um, like when we were growing up, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have all these things, YouTube and all this sort of stuff. We would have been out playing, you know, football, soccer, rugby, sports. And then you ask someone back in the day what they wanted to be and it was, you know, I want to be a soccer player or I want to be, um, or I want to be a singer or I want to be, you know, something else. But now if you ask a kid, a lot of the time they'll say, I want to be a YouTuber or I want to be an esports star. And yeah, it's kind of all shifted because of, I suppose, where they're spending their time now is all online. Like they're all spending their time on YouTube and Twitch. And it's, it's just kind of shifted over into this kind of online world um, that, that I suppose a lot of people don't understand or maybe haven't been keeping an eye on, but it's going to be getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it just seems to be the whole landscape in terms of career paths and the way people want to operate. I mean, yeah. the idea of someone starting their own business now is a lot more appealing now than it would have been years ago because you can do it without renting an office space without having staff you can nearly do it yourself just from home with a laptop but like i mean from your own point of view i mean like you'd obviously be involved in website design as well as a lot of other media stuff Mm. they like one of the things a lot of people like i've seen a lot of companies who wouldn't even rely on a website they'd be relying on just like social media Mm. like what do you think of that kind of now like is the place of a website still very much there in terms of a business need like from your own experience like is it something that you would use in line with social media or do you feel like people are kind of going the wrong path by relying on these platforms that might not necessarily be there forever to keep their business on? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good question. And I mean, you know, people will kind of say to me um, a lot of the time, oh, I mean, you're still building websites, so who, who uses websites? But um, I, guess, I guess my answer to that is they, they serve different needs. So I would always have, I would always kind of say that you know, social media is very good for building awareness. Um, you know, the virality of everything, being able to share stuff. 
um, kind of getting a conversation going. There's different mediums, obviously you can do that. You know, Twitter is good for certain things, while Instagram might be good for others. Um, but I always think that people love having a place to go to get all of the information they're looking for. And yeah. I think a website serves that. So, you know, I think a lot of the time it will annoy people. If, if you go to search for something, uh, maybe it's a restaurant or something and you look and they only have Facebook. Like a lot of the times, if they only have a Facebook page, they might not even have their menu on it. Um, and I think that kind of annoys people. It annoys me anyway. Maybe it's just me, but I much prefer having a, men- a website that I can look at and go, okay, there's the menu and there's the prices or I know, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're with someone that is kind of fussy eater and you can kind of check beforehand, oh, look, you know, this is actually the eat here or whatever. Um, versus if you go to a Facebook page, you know, they might not necessarily have a menu or even in other things, you know, for a big company, like it just, it just gives a more professional feel if someone has a kind of a home on the web, it's well-designed, it, you know, it, it encourages them to make contact. Um, it just gives off a better impression, I think, than just using social media on a professional yeah, no. anyway. No, no, absolutely. I'd agree with that, to be honest. And it's just something I feel like... I think a lot of people have such a focus on social media and I, I definitely rely on it myself, but I think the idea of having a website behind a lot of businesses is just hugely important. Mm. Um, but I mean, from your own perspective now, like what do you make of the whole thing of like everything kind of moving online? Like, do you find yourself working from home or I suppose, I don't know if you rent an office space now at the moment, like, would you find like trying to get the human interaction that you'd get in a normal nine to five or a normal business job day to day, like, do you find you need you nearly crave that, or are you kind of very happy working on your own in your own space and kind of doing your own thing? Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's something that I've kind of had to deal with over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Just recently, just this year, I, I did move into a, a co-working space into um, inside inside Malda Republic of Work, and oh, it's a brilliant facility, actually. Yeah, it looks yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, I really, really love it in there, and I suppose it's not so much the space itself; it's the fact that I'm in there with other you know, other, um, let's say, sole traders, other small businesses, you know, two, three, four person businesses. And, you know, I can go up and sit at a desk and, you know, have four new people with me every day that I can get to talk to and, and learn. You know, we, we might have chats and say, oh, what do you do? And then they would ask what I did. And, you know, you can get clients out of it, but it's more just about having that social interaction that yeah. I'm not going to get if I'm sitting at home in my bedroom on my computer coding or doing whatever I need to do. Like there's the social aspect of it, but then there's the networking aspect of it's very difficult to meet people that might use your service if you're not out in the world. So going to these places is absolutely massive. And I don't think I don't think you can get by solely online unless you have that steady stream of clients because the networking is just huge. And that's what I'm kind of finding even this year myself. Um, the work level has has increased because I'm meeting more people through just going going to the likes of Republic of Work and going to some events around Cork. Um, just talking to people and it's just it's 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 kind of a big i suppose shift from the idea of sitting on your laptop all day on your own um it's very very difficult to make conversations with people when you're just doing that yeah i think it's definitely it's kind of tough to find that i suppose the the conversational aspect any other way i think that i to be honest i think those shared workspace places are absolutely immense in terms of like what they offer i mean i know republic of work alone even offer like podcast recording space they have a radio station i think it's today fm are in there sometimes and yeah, today for news talk, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's a serious like it's a serious operation where I suppose it's given loads of people avenues to go down and actually give them I suppose give themselves the start off space without needing to necessarily 
lease a place for a year and hope it doesn't work out or it does you know it's, yeah. it's like your, yourself how does it actually work is it the case that you would commit to a certain amount of time leasing space with them is there like a monthly membership how does that yeah, actually so, work um it's, it's actually it's fairly flexible to be honest with you so they have kind of three i suppose packages um the one i'm on is the lounge membership so they have one room which is like a business lounge and for all intents and purposes it's basically a big coffee shop um yeah so it's kind of that layout you know there's couches there's um, there's kind of a standing desk then with kind of high stools that, that I would use quite a lot myself. Um, there's couches, armchairs. It's kind of very chilled. Um, it's literally what it says in the tin lounge. Um, and then you pay a certain amount a month. Um, I think it's about 100 a month or something. And you pay um, you pay to, to, to kind of use the space. So it's like a gym membership, you know, you pay that every month. And then, yeah. and then you kind of, um, I think it's six months up front for that one or eight, which is a little bit, you know, little bit hard to, to kind of stomach sometimes but i think it's been worth it um then they have obviously a hot desking facility where you can go in and sit down um but you'd have a guaranteed like seat like you can go in and find a seat um so it's it's kind of a bit more officey if that makes sense it's just a room yeah. they have. then they have dedicated desks as well and obviously you pay a bit more for the hot desking dedicated desks but at the moment the, the the lounge is really suiting me from the the point of view that i don't necessarily need it every day and that's quite cool so i suppose you can kind of do your own thing and based yeah. off your own schedule as such very flexible yeah which is, which is ideal for me um yeah it gives me a chance to kind of you know meet new people like i'm saying and, and and kind of you know get that social aspect of it which is great and i suppose from your point of view you know say in an ideal situation where the clients are flowing in and when you're busy busy would you ever just have the idea now to just feck off to thailand for six months and just sit in the sun doing your work and just relaxing like, do you have any plans down the line where if you had the freedom to move away from Ireland and I suppose get yourself set up almost like a semi-holiday and semi-working, would you ever consider that an option? I see a lot of people doing that these days. And I'm kind of thinking, to be honest, it seems like the ideal life. But I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's obviously that that's becoming huge. Uh, this whole idea of, like, I think, digital nomad is the phrase that people use. Um, it's become a massive... I personally, well, I'm not there yet. Um, that's that's kind of number one. I'm not I'm sure it's all building up. Yeah, it's all been enough, but um, personally, no. I mean, I would, I've would. i never been a person that's kind of mad to, I suppose, get out of the country or, you know, emigrate or anything like that. Um, now, to say that I wouldn't do it down the line, I, I can't say, but I suppose it's, it's not something that's been at the forefront of my mind. I know I have that ability. Um, I mean, what I would be more looking at along the lines of things is going somewhere for kind of a week to, to I suppose, you know, get get a different a different feel um like almost like a working holiday where i might go somewhere and, and you know go into another um kind of co-working space in in i think they have a few in kind of amsterdam and they have a few in germany as well um and kind of get just get a feel for what it would be like to live and work in, a, in another place even for a week or two but i suppose on the six months side of things i haven't really had any thoughts about it no it's kind of okay cool yeah Oh, sounds pretty interesting. Um, now, I suppose I'm after going way off topic there. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, uh, to be honest now, it's just my nosiness. I just love to know how people are. I mean, I suppose for me, I'm in a quite structured environment, which is to, yeah. to suit myself. But I mean, seeing the kind of free structure, I'd, I'd be curious to see what other people do. Uh, but look, um, in terms of the esports, I know you were at an event a few weeks ago. Uh, well, can you kind of talk me through what, like, I mean, look, I go to matches and everything else and I understand yeah. it's like, you know, you're there for, say, two or three hours, but say, like, an event like that, I think it was over in the UK, was it? Talk me through, like, the in terms of getting tickets, in terms of going to that, what's the process of this whole event? And I suppose name the event as well, because probably, probably good to know. 
Yeah, so I suppose what was it, month now, or was it the end of? I think it was start of May. Yeah, um, I went to London. Um, I went to London for CWL London. So CWL stands for Call of Duty World League, and that's I suppose the the organisation behind um, the Call of Duty esports um, kind of events and things like that. So they run they run a lot of events. So they're they're kind of like if you think of the majors in golf, so there's four majors in golf. Um, the, the CWL events will be the majors and then they would have kind of smaller um, smaller kind of ongoing tournaments that would lead you to qualify for these events so this is one of these majors and it happened to be in the UK so I went over with a friend of mine and um, you know Steve Warren oh yeah nice guy yeah so we, we booked the tickets I'd say before Christmas I think it was announced before Christmas um, so they were about £50 so it was a weekend ticket um, and it was it was held in the Copper Box Arena, so I think there's probably like you know a lot of events would be held there, um, and in capacity something like five thousand people or something. So we arrived in on the Friday, and it kind of ran from Friday Friday afternoon, so Friday around one o'clock, I think the first matches were, all the way through to Sunday at about half six. So um, on Saturday it started ten, started about ten, finished about half ten at night, so it was kind of full twelve hours and. Sunday then started about ten and finished at about half six. So, you know, okay. there was kind of three fairly full days of 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 of, of playing. Um, and you're and you're going to something like this. Is it the case that like what's the atmosphere like? You're, I mean, like, are you literally sitting in a seat watching someone play, and it's the same as if you were watching, say, Man United play a match? Like, is there a fierce atmosphere? Are people really into it? Is it the case that you have different sides? Like, how does that whole thing work? Are you just kind of an anonymous watcher? You move from event to event and just see what's going on. So in, in this case, um, the, there's kind of usually the way they do it is they have two, two, almost two tournaments running at the same time. So they would have open bracket teams and these are like teams that anyone could join. So if myself and Steve got a thir- uh, third, fourth and fifth person, we could have actually entered and played ourselves if we wanted. And would that um, be for like kind of a cash prize or? Yeah, it would be for a cash prize. Um, I'm not fully sure how much that was, but uh, you would play through a tournament and then basically if you lose your out, it's kind of that way. Um, yeah. And then it's kind of the whole thing of to get noticed by the, we'll say the pro teams then. So the pro teams would be the top 16 teams um, of the moment get put into these brackets and they play through for, you know, the grand final prize, or, which is something in the region of $125,000 or pounds, I think, at the time for that one. Um, so there's kind of two things going on, but they have, they have these smaller stages for the open bracket. So it would be literally a long table with five, uh, with 10 PS4s, because it's five versus five, so five on a team. Uh, 10 PS4s, 10 monitors, and they're almost sitting, so you have five facing each other. So five people on one side, five people on the other side. Um, and they're just playing, and there would be loads of these stations dotted around, and you can kind of float between those ones and you know see what's happening, see who's, who's kind of playing well. Keep an eye on people that you think might go through the whole weekend and win. Um, then I suppose for the pro ones, then they have things, um, they have, they have a big uh, stage, so it's called main stage. And on this main stage would be a huge screen. You're talking about, I don't know, a 90-foot screen. It's absolutely massive. Um, and then obviously you have the, the 10 lads on, on, the, on the main stage playing. Um, so you're kind of sitting, I suppose, down, if you can imagine being at a concert and instead of on the stage being a person, it's, it's just the, fight, the 10 lads playing, but there's a massive screen ahead, above their heads so you can watch all the action. Um, and I mean, when we were there, they were serving alcohol um, because it's an over 18s event, because it's an over 18s game. 
So at the time, everyone was kind of drinking, having a good time. And it, I suppose the atmosphere I would liken it to is, is the darts. It was very like the darts. And yeah. That, that was kind of, you know, because everyone's kind of there to have a good time and they support their own teams and stuff. So, you know, it kind of it, it descended into kind of football chants and stuff like that because obviously being UK, that was kind of the closest, I suppose the closest crowd kind of, um, also I'm looking for um, likeness that you could get would be kind of a football match, cross between football match and darts. And so the atmosphere was crazy. There was chanting, there was, you know, um, all sorts of stuff going on. So it, it, it's not kind of, it's not like you're sitting in a library. It's, it's very much active and people are kind of, you know, very, very into into what they're watching and if it's their own team playing it's even it's even crazier so okay so it's got like a serious following like how many people roughly would you say go to an event like that so the uk one i'd say there was i imagine about four thousand at it um, and is this like a yearly thing is it a month like how often would you say have the opportunity to go to something like this so in the last few years they kind of really only do one event in the uk okay um, a year. but then you're looking at like there's another event starting actually this weekend in I want to say California. I think it's California this this week. So that would be the next one. So they might have like, you know, six or seven events a year. Um, but obviously, you know, if six out of those seven events would be in the US and that's just kind of the way it is. So they're okay. dotted around between, you know, California, uh, Columbus, all these places. Um, so that's why when it does come to the UK, you kind of make the effort to go over because it's not going to come to Ireland anytime soon. Um, so that's kind of our best opportunity to actually get over and see it live, I guess, you know? Yeah, and from your experience, I know I suppose you, you tune into the streams and everything like that, and obviously you've attended this event, but how does it compare to say, obviously for you, it's obviously a massive hobby and it's a massive interest. And at this stage, apparently, like, you know, they're, they're sports as well, which still struggling to get my head around. But say, compared to going to a match or going to a festival or anything else, like, is it the same kind of atmosphere? Because I suppose everyone around you is into the same stuff and it's the same, I suppose, enthusiasm towards it? Or is it kind of a different vibe altogether? No, I would say it's very, very similar to going to a match um, or, or, or something. Or, yeah, even a music festival is a good one. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, yeah, obviously I'm into it, but I mean, I would I would be into sports as well. I would go to cork matches and I would go to yeah. other things like that. Um, and it is very much the same feeling. I mean, at the end of the day, if you break it down and just forget about the whole esports thing, you're watching your team play, and you're with other people that are watching their team play. I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of atmosphere, and that kind of comes with that, and you know, a certain amount of excitement and kind of if everyone is there to watch the same thing, everyone knows what's going on. You know, um, you're yeah, all reacting to the same stuff, and the atmosphere really does build. Um, and it's kind of, I suppose it is hard for someone to visualise it, but if you just strip it back, it's it's very much the same as going to watch a, a soccer match or going to watch um, or going to watch a, a rugby match or anything like that. Really, it's it's kind of the same. The same atmosphere does definitely apply to all of them. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, now, to be honest, just I suppose from your own perspective, I know obviously you're not a professional gamer or anything, so you wouldn't have like the exact line, but I suppose you're definitely the person who'd have well more information than me and be able to maybe help me get a grasp on this and anyone who's listening kind of much the same but like in terms of say you know if you're a kid and say i don't know, say imagine we were back when we were 16 17 and you're playing playstation like is a twitch stream your avenue to kind of get into this world or is it literally you'd have to go to an event and kind of compete in the minor leagues as such and build your way up like how like would you have any idea how people actually get from the point of just being a novice playing with your friends or playing just publicly with loads of people then suddenly bringing yourself in is it the same as building a social media following or a business or anything else 
it's just in terms of getting the eyes on you and moving your way up. Yeah, so I suppose there, there is a number of ways to go about it. Um, now, I suppose one one kind of caveat is that I'm speaking about this from the, the Call of Duty perspective, which, you know, obviously may not apply to others. But um, so there is online. So there's a couple of ways. There's about two or three ways that you can do it. So your Twitch streaming is obviously one way. Um, you get your name out there. If you get enough of a following, the bigger teams will see that you're, you know, you have that following and they may kind of want to court you, may want to, you know, um, I guess hook up with you and see what the see what you can do for them um, if your following is big enough. But then, from a competitive standpoint, the best way really is to either go to the LAN events, um, the events that I was speaking about there, um, yeah. and kind of play through that open bracket and get noticed, you know. Um, and then these these pro teams can pick you up. Or another option then is there's a website called Game Battles, and this is basically it's almost like if you want to think of pickup games for basketball. So. Um, you know, you would you would turn up on this website. You post up a match, and you say, basically, if if let's say for argument's sake, myself and Steve were playing, and we'd put up a match, and then two people would kind of accept our match, and we would play against each other. And I guess if you're known within within that, you know, as winning winning a lot of those sort of games, and you kind of you, you do make a name for yourself because the scene is still so small at the moment. Um, okay, it's cool. it's kind of um, it is an option that you know if you're playing against the top the top guys in that um, you kind of make a name for yourself you, you you get noticed and as a young person that's kind of what they're doing at the moment is trying to get themselves noticed playing against uh, they, they do get opportunities to play against pro people on this kind of on this website so yeah. um, that's obviously an option because you know if, if you do get known within the pro scene then it's more likely that you'll be picked up um, so it's kind of it's almost like they're scouting for them um, through, through these kind of pickup games which is which is one way of doing it and then obviously the Twitch which way is also another way of doing it. That's really cool. And like, do you guys ever like stream like yourself and Steve? Do you, or Steve, do you ever like stream your own games and stuff like that, or do you just kind of play for yourselves? Um, we have done in the past, yeah. I mean, Steve does a little bit of it. Um, he's kind of trying to get back into it. I guess it's it's kind of a big commitment, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's I suppose you know even talking about this now is something that I probably wouldn't have done maybe you know two three years ago. Um, you know when people ask you a question like. Oh, did you see the 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 Manchester United match or the Liverpool match or something? And I kind of say no because I don't particularly follow it anymore. Yeah, and you're kind you know, of in touch when you're not playing, I suppose. Yeah, and then someone would ask me, um, you know, do you like do you follow that? And I would say, oh no, I wouldn't really follow it that much. And then they kind of say, oh yeah. And then I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really interject and say, actually, I'm into I'm into esports instead. You know, it's kind of, I suppose, I guess it's kind of, it's not not as accepted as saying like, oh, I follow rugby or I follow soccer. You know, you don't really hear people say I follow esports. Um, so it's kind of, even talking about it now is kind of something, you know, I suppose it's a bit of a step in, towards the right direction of actually people understanding what's going on with it, you know, because it is kind of still, I wouldn't even say taboo, but it's a bit, um, it's just not well known, you know, it's just not mainstream yet, so. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think these things all take time to build up and I know I suppose, just from my perspective, the reason I really wanted to talk about it was because like when you, I suppose when there's such a big kind of movement happening and you're literally unaware of it and then suddenly you're hitting the face and you're seeing, wait, there's this many people involved. It's gone this big. It's an actual league. Like there's this much money in it. And you're saying, how does something like that just go under the radar where you're not even aware of it? Especially for me, when I used to be like massively into gaming when I was a bit younger, I just, I found it absolutely just crazy. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who probably wouldn't realize the scale it goes to. 
Yeah, I think I think it is it is it is mad because like you have I suppose you have the split right and you know you, you have a, a casual gamer who's maybe someone like yourself who you know actually buys lots of different games and plays them and that's one end of it. Then you may have a competitive gamer who is a very small percentage of that casual gamer. So if you think about how many people actually play video games and that video game in particular, a very very small percentage of people will actually play that video game competitively then. So yeah. I suppose the word is not as big. Like lots of people would have heard of Call of Duty, but maybe I don't know, two or three percent might actually know that there's a competitive um, aspect to it. And I guess that's kind of the numbers. That's why you probably wouldn't notice it so much, is because people might know that the games are out there, but they wouldn't necessarily know what's going on in the scene because the amount of people that are in that scene is so much smaller than actually playing the game. So there's a lot of strides being made to train. I suppose bring that casual player into that competitive kind of arena and get them kind of excited about it and playing it because obviously it will spread the whole world then that you know this is something that is happening for people yeah. to take this. And do you think I suppose like forecast to say ten years down the line, fifteen years down the line, do you think there's going to be a space where we're going to see like Paddy Power advertising events like this and sponsoring, and suddenly you have you know guys who are literally betting on esports? which I'm sure is already going on, but like to the same extent as say when the Rugby World Cup is on or a huge event, like is it, do you think it'll ever go to that scale? I think so. I do. Um, and I think it might happen a lot quicker than 10 years, to be honest. Yeah, it uh, just seems to be building momentum. It's exponentially way. getting bigger, yeah. I mean, there is, you can already bet on, on, on eSports on Paddy Power. And, or maybe not Paddy Power, but I think it's Bet365 for one of them because oh. I did look into it before. Um Obviously, thought, thought if I knew more than everyone else, I'd make a bit of money, but the bookies always win. Um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it is. And I think I think it's going to get bigger. Um, like, there's massive sponsorship potential in it because of how, I suppose, how engaged the fan base is. Um, you know, if you look at any, any fan base for any sports teams, you know, they're very engaged. They're very, um, you know, they die for their kind of club. That's, that's the kind of... That is that is every bit as, as true in esports and you know with esports organizations, and I think companies and brands are starting to notice that like there was a sponsorship there at the start of the year, um from Nissan and Nissan are sponsoring, I, I don't know is it a sponsorship or a collaboration but, I think it's a sponsorship with um two two, two esports organizations Optic Gaming and and um, Phase Clan, and like you know, the, when when you have a brand like Nissan coming into the into the field like that's going to drag everyone else in as well and pepsi are doing stuff in the space so you know there is a lot of stuff going on sponsorship wise because they can see the value in it and i think it's at the stage now where it's about to about to kind of explode so any brands that are getting in there now are, are kind of hedging their bets that it's going to get huge in the next kind of three four five six years you know yeah absolutely um now i suppose from your perspective um Jeez, after losing my train of thought here now a bit. But like, do you think the advantage in this, and I suppose the growth level, is down to the fact that, as opposed to, say, you know, on a soccer match, you know, you might tune in on a Monday night or kind of at the weekend or, you know, depending on the league or everything else you follow. But like, in terms of esports, is it the fact that it's accessible, maybe not for events, but in terms of like streaming and YouTube and everything else, you can literally get into this any time of the day, any stage, where it's literally the case that at any point, if you want to watch a match or you want to watch someone better than you do it, it's not the case you have to wait till Saturday. You can literally just sign on, go onto a website like Twitch and follow the people who are probably online every day anyway, like people like that ninja guy or whoever else who are just streaming out their own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so, so accessible. Um, 
I mean, you have all these people like when 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 they're when you're a professional player, like you, all you do is practice. So it makes complete sense that these people would practice, but they would also live stream themselves practicing because obviously there's there's huge sponsorship and there's huge money to be gained from live streaming as well, which people maybe aren't aware of. It, it is like people have that as a full time job and they're making hundreds of thousands a year doing just that. And um, between sponsorships, between people donating their money. Um, so, I mean, when you log on to Twitch, you can see people and, you know, they'll practice for eight, 10 hours a day, not a problem. Um, so, you know, between all the different games and all the different organizations, all the different players, all these people are practicing all the time. So you can literally log on at any stage and watch anyone practice. And then a lot of them will have their own YouTube channels where they might upload videos um, kind of every day, every two days. So there's just an absolute wealth of kind of content out there that people can access, like you said, at any time. And um, again, the live events, you know, they they majority of them would take place at the weekend, but some of the league games then like like in soccer or like in rugby would take would take place during the week. Um, which again just gives you more and more content that, that people can actually access. So yeah, that would be a huge, huge uh, part of it. Awesome. Well look, come here, man, thanks so much for giving me the education on this. I feel like I'm definitely <laughs> I'm gonna have to maybe tune into some of these live events and see what's actually going yeah. on because like as somebody would have loved those games in the past, it'd be pretty cool to see where it's at at the moment. And I suppose see if I could actually get into it as something to view. Uh, but look, before you go, do you want to maybe plug some of your social media and let people know where they can find you? Because I know, look, in this day and age, a lot of people would find it quite difficult to make their own website or anything else. And if anyone, if you can give anyone a bit of help, it'd be good to at least get that out there. So where's the best place to find you and your business? Yeah, so I mean, my webs are, my business name is Aim and Z Media, so it's just my name with a Z at the end of it. Um, so E A M O N N Z, um, and my website is www.aimandz.com. So that would be the kind of best place to see kind of what I do, and then also I think all my social medias are at Aim and Z as well. So um, Actually, perfect, it's all universal. So yeah, yeah, do my best and not make it confusing. So great. And if anyone, anyone listening does want to talk to me a bit more about esports, maybe if you want me to go over anything anything else i just said there um just drop me a line i'm more than happy to talk about it for hours and hours awesome dude look thanks so much for coming on it's been great to catch up guys check out all of Eamon's stuff uh any questions on esports or anything else hit both of us up i'm now an expert so <laughs> don't be afraid to reach out and look thanks so much for tuning in really appreciate it thanks yeah